Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. Last week, I spoke about the Lord's rest and entering into the Lord's rest. And that isn't, um, I'll say this, if maybe you can go back and listen to the podcast or on Facebook and get the recap. But the Lord's rest was um, the place where you are positioned to believe all that God has said for your life. And you are receiving that and living actively in that place where you are believing the Lord about what he said. That's the Lord's rest. And uh, and so we talked about being positioned rightly to receive from the Lord. And today I want to kind of build on that. Okay, I want to I want to talk about walking in the promise is that the Lord positions us in a place of rest. You know, the Bible says that all the promises of God are yes and amen, that everything that he has said for your life, it is yes and it is amen. And. The, um, in Romans, it says that we have become heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, meaning this. I said this last week. It's kind of like you have a joint bank, banking account with Jesus, that what is his is available to you. Now, I think a lot of times we live unaware of all the things that are available to us, but the Holy Spirit is wanting to remind us of all that is available, that you are righteous, not because of your goodness, but because of Jesus. The Bible says that his death was your death and that his resurrection was your resurrection. Meaning this is that because of what he did, you get to take part in something that you didn't pay for or you could deserve, but it's yours. And that's the gospel. But it doesn't just end with that you are forgiven and now, you know, a lot of people think this, that the Father sent Jesus to die for our sins and now we're forgiven and before God couldn't stand us, but now he just tolerates us. And uh, but that's not the truth. It's not the truth. A lot of times we walk around like, you know, I know Jesus died for me, but, you know, he has to put up with me just messing up over. But and, and we live with this identity of that somehow we are on the outside looking in instead of knowing that we are heirs, that we have been brought in, we have been brought close. But I want to say this is that the Lord wants that to wants to give you right identity so that you can not only have right identity and live with all the peace and Um, and and joy that he has for you, that you can walk righteous and holy, but he wants you to be positioned well in that and have the right identity so that you can actually do what he's called you to do. Is I believe, um, uh, let let me say this, or let me read, let's go to scripture really quick. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 says this, For we are God's handiwork. Say, I am God's handiwork. handiwork. It goes on to say, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So it's saying this is that you are the handiwork of God. He was you. He created you. And then that you were created in Christ. That's your identity, right? You are in Christ. You are in Christ. You are you are no longer found um, just on 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 you, but you are actually found in Christ. You are in Him. Everything everything about Him, everything that is good for Him, who He is, is who you are as you begin to walk with Him. 
Again, his righteousness, his joy. Jesus demonstrated who you are. He demonstrated what you were always meant to be. And maybe for some of you, you say, well, that seems like a big task to be that. But guess what is how many of you know, if you, you hang around somebody long enough, you begin to kind of talk like them. You begin to kind of take on some of their things, you know, and uh, you start seeing somebody act a little uncharacteristically of who they really are. And you're like, who you've been hanging out with? Who you been? You know, our kids, when they say something that we never heard them say before, we say, who taught you that? Who, who, who said that around you? And what happens is when you get around Jesus and you begin spending time with him, you begin looking like him. You begin acting like him. You begin taking on his nature. And it's because of this. The Bible says that when, when we see him, we become like him. You become what you behold. You become what you behold. Meaning this, whatever you're seeing, that's what you're becoming like. Right? And so that's why we engage in worship. Why does God, does God need our worship? No. He wants it. Why? It's because you become like what you worship. Yeah. So our identity and inheritance is found in a place of rest. It's this place of security in that what God has made available for me, I can sit in that and I live from that place. The place of rest is not a place of inactivity. It is a place of I have decided that I have said yes to everything that God has said about me, for me, and what he's going to do through me. That's my place of rest. So when to, to give good context for what we are created for, I think we should go back to the beginning. Okay, the beginning of time as we know it, the creation. Okay. And, and this is what it says in Genesis. Um, in chapter two, verse 15, it says, the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. All right. So what did the Lord do is he took man, he created a place for them, the garden of Eden. The word Eden means delight. My, my little girl's name is Eden. She is a delight. But so the Lord took man and he placed them in a place of rest. All, all that I have for you, here you are. Now, this is what I want you to do from a place of rest. I want you to work it and I want you to take care of it. I want you to work it and take care of it. So you coming into right believing about what God says about you. Coming into that place, that's where your destiny, your calling, your purpose, that's where it flows from. I know a lot of people who they say, you know what, I really I feel called to this. And and there's this thing inside of them where they haven't yet come into identity, but they feel they're called to something. And they because and what happens, let, let me say it like this is. If you try to go after calling without yet being secure in your identity in Christ, you will just be busy doing good things, but you'll miss the God thing. Amen. It starts from we're at this place of rest. Again, go listen to last week's message. I'm in a place of rest. I, I believe the promises of God. Now, out of this place, I know that the Lord is showing me what I was born for. He is showing me that I, I am called to this. 
I, I, this is, I, I believe that in this season, the Lord is wanting to reveal to His church from a place of rest what they are called to and how we are meant to influence and change the community and the world around us. That's what I believe He's doing. You know, Moses in the Bible, he had this moment where um, if you read the story, he was an Israelite. His mom, by faith, put him in a basket, sent him down the river where one of the princesses of Egypt found him, raised him in the Egyptian home. He became royalty. He went on to where he sees an Egyptian beating one of the Israelites, and he goes after the Egyptian, kills him, and he flees. All right? He flees to a land of Midian where he ends up meeting a woman and her father, and he marries this woman, and he becomes a shepherd for him. He's, he's tending the sheep. And he's in a place in Midian where it is dry, where it is, um, it is a mountain, it's mountain, um, mountainous area. Had a hard time getting that out. And he has this moment where he's walking and he sees a bush burning. And now that wasn't necessarily odd to see that in that climate. Okay. But he sees a burning bush and I'm sure he's looking at it. And the thing was, is that this bush was burning, but it wasn't consumed, meaning that the bush seemed to be preserved while it's on fire. And he says, well, that's strange. Right. And so the Bible says that he turns aside and he goes toward it. And from there, the Lord reveals himself from a burning bush and says, remove your shoes. This is holy ground. And there's two things that God tells Moses in that moment. He says, he first reveals who he is. He says, I am that I am. He reveals himself. God says, this is who I am. He says, I am the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He reveals who he is. And then he says this to Moses. He said, and this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to Egypt and you're going to deliver my people. There was two things he had in this encounter. He found out who the Lord was and he found out what he was going to do. And I feel like the Lord in your life, he wants you to have a holy moment with him where you encounter him and where he tells you, this is who I am and this is what you were meant to do. But I think there's a couple of things is that one, like Moses, we have to learn to turn aside. I believe the Lord many times he puts his supernatural on what is very natural to you, just like the burning bush in it of itself was not this strange thing. It was that the Lord was saying, hey, this is this is a, a peculiar moment for you because you're seeing something that is is common to you. But there's something uncommon about it. And that's where I want to meet you is I believe that the Lord wants to meet you in some places that have been common to you, but he's going to put his uncommon on it. And it's where he wants to show you who he is and what you were made for. When we don't have those moments in our lives, what happens is we can become very busy. We can become very busy trying to do things. Well, two ways. We either become busy or we become lazy. And I believe that the Lord wants you to become honed in on what he has called you to. From a place of I'm secure in who I am in the Lord. And then this is what he's called me to. I know from my own life, um, when I was 17, I was um, I was leading worship at a church, and 
it, I, I love music. I thought I'm going to be the next great thing. I'm going to I'm going to be a rock star. That's what I'm going to be in my life. And um, and I, I led worship at this one of these services, and um, and a, a prophet had come to town. And I always got really scared when a prophet came to town because I was like, he's going to tell me everything bad I've ever done, and he's going to tell it in front of people, and this is going to be so scary. And uh, and this guy had a really cool accent, and he was like, where's the young man who led worship tonight? And I was like, all right, do I run, or do I, well, I you know, just in that moment, I was kind of in a place where I could have hid, but I, I said, okay, Lord, you, you want to say something to me. And so I remember going up and and, and this, this man began to share the heart of the Lord with me, and he told me my whole life, not my, not my past. He told me my whole life. He said, this is what's going to happen in your life. It was a holy moment with the Lord where he said, you know, truth is I had, I, I had a small piece of what the Lord had made me to be. But in a moment with the Lord, he revealed, this is who you actually are. And I'm not going to, I can't lie and say that, like, that I believed him. Truth is, what he told me, I was like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> He, he told me, he said, you're going to plant a church. I said, no. He told me, you're going to stand and you're going to prophesy and you're going to stand and you're going to evangelize and all these things. I was like, this guy, I was like, I'm going to stand and I'm going to lead worship. That's all I'm going to do. That's it. And, um, but something this guy, what he did is he, he looked at me, he said, John, you're not a nobody and you're not insignificant. You're not less than anybody else. And, uh, and the truth is he was speaking to what was in my heart. The truth is, I felt insignificant. I felt like I'm not, I'm nobody. And he came and he confronted the thing in my heart so he could release me into what the Lord had called me to. And I believe that the Lord, whether through other people in the community or just in, in this community or people um, uh, or just with him, he wants to speak to the thing in your heart that's keeping you from stepping into all that he has for you. And then he wants to point you where you're going. This is what the Lord does so many times. The Lord will point you to the end and he won't tell you how you're going to get there because he, he wants you to walk with him and journey with him. It's so aggravating. <laughs> but it's so good. It's so good. You look at it as, as the Lord... What he, he, he told, he anoints King David as a young shepherd boy, 15 years old. You're going to be king of all Israel. Speaks to the prophet. David goes back to the field and he's probably like, hmm, how about that? And it was 14 years from the moment that he was anointed king to the moment that he actually became king. The Lord, but the Lord spoke to eternity inside of him. He spoke to that thing to say, this is who you are. This is who I made you to be. You know why David was able to, to hear what God was saying? You know why? Dave, because he was positioned. He had positioned himself in the presence of the Lord. He wasn't just watching sheep. He was watching sheep and he was singing to the Lord. He was getting to know the Lord. I know his nature. I know his goodness. I, he was finding out who he was in the Lord. And so when the time came and the Lord said, this is who you are, I believe he didn't flinch. I believe he said, okay. He said, and, and guess what? He didn't have to make it happen on his own. He was able to wait on the Lord, right? And I'm just here to declare to you today is that 
there, the Lord has made you for good works. He's made you. There are some, there, there are some things in your life, the way you love people, the way that you do certain things that may look like what other people do, but there is also something very peculiar about you. And there is something about you that the body needs. There is something about you specifically of the way that you express the Lord in the earth that the world needs. That nobody else can be. But it's these moments. So let me say this. Many of us, we want to be told what to do. How many of you like, I don't mean that in like that you're just. uh, Anyways, I mean that in the way of like, we want God to tell us what to do. How many of you in the room are like, God, tell me what to do. Like, I want to know. Just tell me what to do. But this is actually, it doesn't, that journey does not start from us just being told what to do. It first starts with submission to the Lord. Before you can ever be commissioned, you have to be submitted. Because what will happen is the Lord will come and he'll say, hey, this is what you were meant to do. And you'll try and make it happen on your own. A heart that's fully submitted, the Lord comes and says, hey, this is what I made you to be. And you're able to just like David, wait, even if it's 14 years to step into all the promises. Because you realize it's more about relationship with him than what it is that you're supposed to do. Look, I know Joel and Joyce, since they, uh, I know their story that since they were young kids, they knew we're called to the world. We're called to the nations. For years, it wasn't until 2020, January, right, that they knew that that they actually saw that come to fruition. And look what the Lord's done in a short amount of time. Jesus, son of God, he was 30 years old when he began his ministry. He changed the world in three years. I want to speak to this is that you may be like, I've been just waiting and waiting. I'd say this. Keep waiting, but in your waiting, know the Lord. <clears throat> know the Lord. Walk with Him. It might. There are going to be some things you walk in that aren't fun. If you feel like, well, man, I'm, I'm. I thought by now I'd be doing this. I thought the Lord said this when I was young. Lord, maybe, maybe the you're still in process. Maybe the Lord's just got some more prep to do in you. And what the Lord could do in a month in your life. What the Lord could do in a year through your life. The Lord is not restrained by time. He's waiting for you to become who you were meant to be. Romans 8 says all of creation is waiting and groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. Do you know the earth is waiting and groaning for you to become who you were meant to be? So it's not about when you're going to step into it or if you're going to be too late. You're not going to be too late. But I believe that the thing a lot of times that we're waiting on is the Lord to do to cause us to become the person that we're meant to be so that we can walk out the purpose that he's called us to walk out. We got to be okay with the process, but the process is fully submitting to him, fully submitting. It's fully submitting. I'm learning to walk with him. I'm learning to hear him. So if you've been discouraged and you're like, well, I felt like the Lord called me to this, but I must have got it wrong. Maybe not. 
Maybe you heard the calling. Maybe the Lord did show you that. Maybe he's just asking you to walk with him and to submit and to be okay with just being in his presence, to be okay with just saying, to, to saying, Lord, however you want to do it. Like we sang earlier, whatever your plan is, however you want it, whatever your will is, come and do it here. It's this place of saying, Lord, I'm not trying to get ahead of you. I'm here to walk with you. I'm here to walk with you. It's about walking with him from a place of rest. It's from a place of rest. I've, I've come. I've submitted to him. I, I am in love with him. I am walking with him. I am seeing him. As I see him, I'm seeing myself. I'm growing in him. I'm walking in the spirit. The, the, the fruit of the spirit are becoming evident in my life. And I'm not, I'm not saying that the, the time, that the, because it seems like it's taking so long that somehow God was wrong or he's failed. It's like, no, I am, I am embracing these moments that the Lord is forming his character and his nature in me. I'm embracing in the, mo- the seasons of waiting. I'm embracing it because he's producing something inside of me that is going to affect the world and it's going to bring heaven on earth. I'm confident of this, that he's faithful. He's faithful. The one who started this good work in me is faithful to finish it. Amen? Amen. But I want to encourage you this. Some of you, the Lord, look, when that prophet told me the things in my life, I was not courageous. I was like, it's like, yeah, right. And no, sir. But along the journey, as I walked with him, he put this thing in my heart that said, you know what? You know, you know what it was for me is I, I didn't step into. I believe. Like, uh, let me just say this. Some of you know this. Me standing here pastoring this church is exactly what I told the Lord I didn't want to do. <laughs> I'm just honest. And the truth was, is there was fear. But at some point in my life, somewhere in 2019, I crossed this line of wanting, wanting what I wanted. I began to find that the greatest thing that I could ever do was learn to want what he wanted. Worship is not giving what you want to give God. It is worship is you giving God what he wants. I believe the Lord is looking for some of you to lose. But, well, I want this to where you begin to say, Lord, the greatest desire in my heart is to have what you want. And then the Lord calls you into courageous obedience to say, not only do I want what you want, but I'm willing to give whatever it is to have what you want and to give you what you want. You were meant to co-create with God. In the beginning, I love this. In Genesis, I talked about the Lord placed Adam in the garden to, to care for it, to work it. And then he says, I want, he, he sent all the animals to Adam. And he says, I want to see what he names them. I want to see what he does with it. I want to see what he does with the potential that I put in the earth for him. So the Lord is like, I want to put you in this place. I want to show you your calling and I want to see what you do. I want to see the acts of courage that you ha- you do. I want to see as I, as you are walking with me, the things that I, I love seeing what comes out of your life. And God wants that journey with you, but he wants you to be, you have to be connected with him. Again, it starts with submitting to him. You won't ever find out who you really are until you fully submit who you are to him.
As long as you are trying to define yourself, find your own way, you might find bits and pieces, but it will never all come together. Makes sense. It's only found in him. You can trust him with everything. You can trust him. All right. I'm wrapping up. I had so much more, but the worship team took so long. <laughs> hey, really quick, I want to do this. Each one of you, uh, how many of you know we're the body of Christ? We're the body. It means Christ is the head. He does all the thinking. We're hearing what he's saying, and that's what we're doing. But we're together. Each one of us looks different. Our callings look different. Our ministries look different. But it has this way because it's Jesus as the head, because it's one spirit, the spirit of Christ. It all works together in unity. It's amazing. It's supernatural. A people that are fully submitted to God that can be so diverse, but can be so unified. That's what the body's supposed to look like. It is, it's time that the body of Christ, that we quit allowing a divisive spirit to come into the church and to allow us, because we don't all agree, is that we, we separate. Can, can we just agree on Jesus and allow him to lead us? And that if we have some other minor disagreements that we can still choose to be, be okay, and that we can say, you know what, I love you. And I'm allowing you to work through your stuff and allow me to work through our stuff. But I need you. And you need me. And the world needs us together. The world needs to see us uniting around Jesus in him. One spirit. We're the body. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, if you're, the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. Right? You take away the feet and the hands are having to do the, the work. Having to do what you weren't supposed to do. Having to make up for it. Truth is, is that everyone's important. Even though you might, you say, well, I feel like my calling is hidden. That's awesome. There are going to be some callings that are seen, some of that are, aren't, aren't seen. And it's all good. We need them all. There's some of you that the Lord's called you to Africa and you need to go to Africa. There's some of you that maybe the Lord said, hey, that's not it for you. And that's OK. Both are really important. We just need you to be who the Lord's made you to be. So there's three components of a mature ministry. I'm talking about your ministry. There's one. There's identity. There's you know who you are in Christ. You know you're seated in heavenly places. You know that you are an heir. You are an heir of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Authority comes from a place of identity. You are called to walk in authority that Jesus has given you. It only comes from a place of identity. Number two, second component. It's really two in one. It's calling and gifting. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The Spirit of God gives gifts. Gifts, they're, they're gifts. They're not um, awards. They're gifts, and they're for the encouragement of the body. If the Lord's gifted you, that's awesome. Use it to encourage people. 
It's not about you. It's about that you get to, it's, it's the way that you get to express the Lord in the earth. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit at work. You can read about them in 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of the Spirit. Every one of them, they're for today. They're active. We believe in healing. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gift of tongues. We believe in prophecy. It is alive and active for right now. It's not meant so that we can get weird. It's meant so that we can encourage one another. Amen. Come on. <clears throat> Calling. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ. He's talking to you. And each one of you is a part of it. If you came in today and you're like, I don't know if I'm a part, you're a part. By default, you're a part. Whether you like it or not, you're, you're with us. You might be like a big toe, but you're a part. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and miracles, and gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. And all are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? You know what? We don't all do the same things. But Paul goes on to say, he said, but let me show you this. He said, I, he said this, he said, I want you to actually want all the gifts. He said, you should ask the Lord for them because they're to encourage the person sitting next to you. They're to build them up. So you should want them all. You should go read in Corinthians and say, okay, Lord, all of it, I'm asking for it. But whatever you give me, I'm going to use that. All right. But then Paul goes on to say, let me show you even a greater way. He said, love, love people really well. He said, the greatest one of all is love. Love people. It's how it, I, I found this is that the gifts of God, the calling of God is activated in my life whenever I begin to choose to love people with the love of Christ. If you have all of the gifts, but you don't have the spirit of God producing the love of God in you for people, then you've missed it. Then we've missed it. We need the. That's why we have to know him. That's why when we come and we gather, we're centering around him saying, Lord, before we do anything else, before we are trying to figure anything else out, before we get our activities going, we have to be aligned with you. We've got to have, we got to know what you want. Jesus said, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do all these things? Didn't I do this? I raised the dead. I healed the sick. And Jesus said, depart from me. You never knew me. It's got to come from a place of, I know him because busyness is artificial significance. Knowing him, knowing him, being at rest in him causes us to hone in on who we really are and what we're meant to do. Instead of wandering around, kind of just trying to, what, what's next? No, he's my everything. And from that place, Everything else that's needed comes. Jesus said, abide in me. He said, you're the vine, I'm the branch. Get connected in me and you're going to bear fruit. You just get connected. Just get connected to him. Just surrender to him. Submit to him. And all the stuff that's supposed to happen through your life, it's going to come. The branch isn't sitting there like, oh, I've got to bear fruit or the vine's not going to like me. No, the vine's like, get connected to me so you can bear fruit. All right, so number one, identity. Number two, calling and gifting. Number three, anointing. 
anointing is that you have been anointed to do something. Jesus, he, he, he read out of Isaiah, he said, I have been anointed to do something. It is when David was anointed to be king. It was he was empowered to do something. There, the spirit of God in you is for you. The spirit of God upon you is for others. The anointing is the spirit of God comes upon you to do something. So you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. But guess what we see when Jesus is baptized, that the Spirit of God come and rest on him like a dove and his ministry begins. Why? The Spirit of God anointed him to do something. The anointing comes from being with him, from being positioned right. So God, you, you have your identity with him because you know him. You're with him. You learn his presence. You behold him. So you become like him. And while you're coming like him, he's showing you who you are, your gifting and your calling. And as you're, and you're waiting on him, you're saying, okay, Lord, when? And then there's these moments where the spirit of God comes upon you and you step into who you're supposed to be. But like Jesus, we have to learn that if it means that we wait 30 years for the spirit of God to come upon us, so we fully step into that, it's okay. The point has always been that I'd be found in him. The point has always been that I know him and that I'd trust him. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? So I want us to do this this morning. I want us to fully submit to the Lord. <clears throat> you guys look awesome this morning, by the way. Come on, I want you just to put your hands in front of you like you're receiving a gift. And we're just coming before the Lord. I just want you to, to tell the Lord, Lord, I submit to you. And even in this moment, don't let it just be words. Some of you in your heart, you need to come to that place where you say, Lord, you have my all. I believe that the Lord this morning wants to lead some of you from where, from the place where you've just wanted what you've wanted to where you actually step into a greater reality of wanting what he wants. So some of you, you just need to engage with the Lord right now and say, Lord, I want to know what you want. You might need to just tell him, Lord, I might not even know what you want, but I want my heart to want what you want. I want my heart to be turned to you in that way. So even just now, I just want you to begin to talk to the Lord. You begin to give your heart to the Lord, fully submit to him. He knows you. He created you. You are all his idea. He hasn't called you to strive and to figure it out on your own. He's called you to rest in what he has said about you since the creation of the earth, since the foundations of the earth. He made up his mind about you. You are all his idea. This isn't you trying to figure it out. This is you coming to the one who knows you. This is you coming to the one who came for you. The one who, who, um, who split the heavens and came for you. The one, Jesus, who died on the cross not just to forgive you, but to restore you to who you were always meant to be. Today, he wants you to encounter him like Moses encountered him in the burning bush. He wants you to encounter him like Gideon encountered the Lord when he was in a place of fear. And the Lord says, hey, Gideon, 
you man of war, you man of courage, come. He called out who he was in the middle of his mess. The Lord wants to meet you in the middle of your mess, and he wants to speak to the deep places and say, hey, you, this is who you are. So, Lord, right now, we just release in the room destiny and calling. As we've submitted to you, Lord, we just thank you. I thank you even now, Lord, that you are releasing dreams and visions in people's hearts of who they were always meant to be in you. That you are like Joseph had a dream and it burned in his heart. He didn't know exactly what to do with it, but it marked his life. Today, Lord, I thank thank you that you are giving people dreams, that you are giving people words that are going to be burning in their hearts and that dictate what they do next. Lord, you are good, and I thank you that you are raising up your body, your church, to bring transformation to the world. I thank you, Lord, that you have called your church to be courageous because they are full of your spirit. They are full of your life. They are full of your goodness. They are full of your righteousness. I thank you, Lord, that you haven't called us to be again um, captured by a spirit of fear, but that you have adopted us into the beloved, and you have given us a spirit of truth. You have given us a spirit of boldness. Your identity is son and daughter. You are not an, you are an orphan no longer. You are a slave no longer. You are a son and daughter of the king. That's who you are. It is your identity. You are seated in heavenly places. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are justified. You are forgiven. You are blessed beyond measure. You are the target of the Father's affection. You are called. You are holy. You are holy because He is holy. So I just thank you, Lord. You are releasing identity. You are releasing calling. We release the gifts of the Spirit in this place. And I thank you, Lord, that you are giving people courage to say yes. And I thank you that even right now, Lord, that you are anointing your body for what they are called to. I thank you that even now, I thank you for the oil of heaven that's coming and anointing each person in this room. Spirit of God, come and rest upon your people for the purposes that you have in mind for this city and community and for the nations of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.